This is the Smarts and Stripes Podcast. We cover every bump, every spot, and chat with all the talent around the world of wrestling. Here's your host, Bill Matz, former WWE referee Kevin Keenan, and Eric Golden. Hey everybody, welcome to yet another episode of Smarks and Stripes. We are here with a mailbag episode today. That's right, we're diving deep. We took your questions on social media, and uh, myself and Turtle and Kevin Keenan what up? are going to answer them for you. So Because we're, we're experts. Yeah, we're changing up whoa, the whoa, format. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Fellas, there's only one expert here, guys. The yeah, smart. You're right, I am. Yeah, I consider myself. No, 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 no. me. You guys don't know better than me. We, j- <laughs> we know much better than you. Oh, God. Come uh, on, we, let's go. It, it took a while to get this thing going. We uh, we started off with like a Hunter promo to start the show, and <laughs> half an hour later, we hadn't hit record. So we're going to get going now. We're opening up the mailbag. First question, Twitter question from Mystery Mook. Mystery Mook, let's go. It's a solid name. <laughs> it is, it is. What's your favorite kind of gimmick match? I'm going to start with you, Turtle. So originally, and this is really hard to believe... I loved the first Punjabi prison match. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know why I did. <laughs> oh my but god! I loved it. It was the most weird, crazy, odd. There was only two of those, wasn't there? I've ever seen. I'm trying to. I f- I, there's at least two for sure. Maybe so I know there was Taker Big Show and yes. uh, well, what's Ka- his name got hurt. Kali did the first one, and that was that was actually no, that was in 05, the Great American Bash. The uh, right as did I was Kali actually do one. Right I as, I, like right as I hurt. right as I was coming in okay. was the first one. Uh, I believe it was Great American Bash Show Five, yeah, and it that had, sounds it had about to have been right. I remember there was like a. Yeah, I know or they set it, it up. They set it up for Kali. There was one where he was gonna be in it, and then it ended up being not him. Right. I can't remember what it. But then they did the Orton and Ginger here a couple years ago. Battleground. Oh, that's By right. The way, that's I the forgot one about that, that one. Completely ruined it for me. And Kali, oh, well, he the, might not have been in the. Kali did the run in. Yeah, he did the run in, which was. was Hilarious, but it ruined it for me. Kev, I want as a referee's perspective first. Like, what's the craziest gimmick match you ever worked? Like something you just was. You were like that was insanity. Oh god, it was. Uh, it wasn't even anything in WWE when I, I played around the Indies for you know better part of five years. You know, six years after I left WWE, and I did a tournament of death match for CZW, <laughs> and it was as anything exactly as anything you can imagine. It yeah. had light tubes. It had panes of glass. It had thumbtacks with the AIDS virus on the tip. Like, it was just... <laughs> fans fans bring the weapons. Like it, Anything went in this big it's CCW, field. CCW fans bring their weapons, so it's like, here's a gun! <laughs> uh, the, one, the one fan brought a 64-bit Nintendo. Awesome. Devin Moore trashed whoever he was working... Uh, Whoever he's working the match with, with the with the console, <laughs> and I was like, "Bro, like we're not going to play Duck Hunt now." Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I would have put that aside. That's the ref's job right there to sure. put that aside. He tried. I mean, he destroyed it. But yeah, those were usually those were a real pain because I was I would be wearing construction goggles and gloves, yeah. and if I have to make a th- uh, account, I have to you know get all the thumbtacks out of the way so they don't go through my hand. Uh, just a just a major pain in the ass. That's, I was going to ask: Is there like one style of match that a referee just like dreads? Like in, when you you're all well, getting dressed be bad for sure? Because uh, I remember well, the first time I saw in the Hell in a Cell with uh, Mick and Taker, like it was the first time I saw thumbtacks in WWF. And like the ref is like, I don't want to make this count. Like, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, is that what it is? Like you're talking like obviously light tubes. There's glass. Obviously, you don't want thumbtacks going yeah. through your hands. But uh, as far as you know, a match nobody really wants to work. Like I never, I always hated doing battle royals. I hated doing ladder matches or, or any type of multi man matches because. Majority of the time, any of the messages that you're getting to give to the guys, the guys are nowhere near you. Yeah, okay. 
So, so it's, you gotta like work your way over. You there, gotta get or? up out of your spot. You gotta kind of walk around and maneuver and look like you're doing something. And then you're work. You know, as much as as bad as this is gonna sound, like you know, I'm obstructing the fans' view back here, and I'm hearing, "Hey, ref, all this," you know, all the time. But I was never really worried about the fans. It was just a, uh, just another thing that became a real pain. Um, I was more worried about the millions of the fans on the other side of the camera lens as opposed to the 20,000 in the building. Uh, but, it, you know, then you, you're worried about a camera view. You're obstructing a camera shot and then getting yelled in your ear to get out of the way. Like any type of multi-man, any type of on-the-pole match, any type of ladder match or a battle royal or a royal rumble, just a bit of a hassle. That's, uh, what's I want to play off the mania main event snafu that we got into an episode or two ago. But what is, like, the worst sin a referee can commit? Like, what's the one thing where they're like, hey, bro, this is rule number one. Is it just, you, you know, moving it. the horseshoe and don't get in the... Uh... You watched it. Okay. He didn't, that was he, it? He, he didn't wait for the shoulder he to go down. He didn't wait for the shoulder? Or he didn't count three. I mean, take your pick, whichever one. You know, fan, wrestling's exposed to fans enough. We understand, yeah. you know, we've told these people what it is. Let's not blatantly show them. No, yeah, let right, me right. at least, listen, I know going into it as a fan, I'm going to have to suspend some disbelief here. Always. You know? But that's but the don't, beauty of wrestling don't, in general. Yeah, don't insult me. Don't make it worse than it needs to be. Correct. Like the, This one is just for me. I'm playing off Mystery Mook's question here. Please tell me Charles Robinson's the man. Oh, he's awesome. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, little Nate, he's thank the man. Thank God. Oh. He, uh, he kind of took me if under... If he sucked, I don't know if I could deal with it. He took me under his wing a bit. Um... When I came in, you know, he kind of helped me navigate the shark waters that was the WWE at the time. Uh, never hesitated to tell me if I was doing good. Never hesitated to tell me if I was doing bad. Would tell me if my attitude sucked. If I had if I had a problem. Can we tell elsewhere. you when your attitude sucks? No, too? I don't listen to you. Uh, but no, Charles is great. He, I, I'm, I'm, I was a better referee and a better performer for all of his help. That's awesome. Uh, just playing off the gimmick match things, I realized I never answered it, and then we'll move on. I Give me an old-fashioned ladder match. I don't need the TLC, a million crazy spots, but I love like the first two with Sean and, and Razor. Uh, yeah. With Sean and Razor. And I, my favorite match of all time, we'll get into it in a little bit, but Hunter the Rock at SummerSlam 98. Oh, my That's God. That's your I favorite that. match of all favorite time? Favorite match ever, yeah. Oh, man. We'll get into it. But, uh, did you ever notice the, something small that The Rock did as the... In, well, we can get into it in a yeah. second, but when the, they're staring face-to-face or they're coming face-to-face and the camera pans down, you just see The Rock just dropping every F-bomb in Hunter's face. Uh, it's the, the best. The amount that they were allowed to swear in the <laughs> ring, and The Rock more than anybody, but Hunter even now will drop a couple of words yeah. in his promos, and it's just like, yeah, it's the boss's son, when he, son-in-law. What are you going to do? do? Uh, Nikki Franchise has a question. Speaking of highly rated matches... From John- Jacksonville, is he asking us? <laughs> yeah, from, from Jacksonville. Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole at TakeOver New York got five and a half stars in Meltzer's Observer. Ugh. The highest rated WWE match ever. What are your thoughts on the match and Meltzer's ratings in general? Full disclosure, I didn't see the match, but who cares about Dave Meltzer or his rating system or, quite frankly, anything that Dave Meltzer does? Um, I will... I will concede that Dave Meltzer is probably the smartest worker in the wrestling business for making the amount of money he did, never having to beat up his body. But that also goes to my point of how is Dave Meltzer going to rate something or do something or tell me how to do something he's never done himself. I I think his rating system is a sham. It always has been. But uh, on the same token, more power to him for making the money. Well, that's exactly right. Like, why should I care what somebody else tells me is good? I've just started watching Game of Thrones because my girlfriend wanted to, but for years, I 
defiantly didn't watch it because people told me it was the best thing ever. <laughs> I like that. I appreciate it. Like, I don't I like care a good that spite. you tell me it's yeah. the best show ever. Like if I, if I discover it, I'll watch it. Just because this idiot tells me the match is the best thing he's ever seen or top five or whatever the hell he ranked it as, that it, I it, couldn't care less. It got the number one rating of any WWE match ever. And like you were saying, I and appreciate enough, Meltzer. Like his, his rating doesn't make me want to watch it any more or less. Yeah. I appreciate Meltzer being able to get over to the extent he has. Like you said, like everyone in this, everyone who's in wrestling, whether it's me as a damn podcast host, whatever, we all have dreams of getting over in wrestling. And he has done it. I, you know, when I see a match like this, I wonder what kind of rating it's going to get. And when I see, you know, Omega have a seven-star match, I'm like, all right, I want to see it now. I, he's the match rating guy, for better or worse. I don't, but you know, I've con- seen... But what constitutes his ratings? Like, Dave It's has, his opinion, and he'll tell you Dave that. Dave has never explained what his rating system is to rate anything on one through ever, five. Because that way, whatever luster will go down from So him. who... So I... I don't care even more now because I don't know what you're basing it off of. And just the, I just feel like we're in the steroid era of the ratings. Like, Absolutely. Uh, both Sean Taker matches at, at the, the their Mania matches got 4.75. Savage Steamboat at 3 got 4.5. Like I said, my favorite match ever, Hunter and the Rock, SummerSlam 98, 4.25. Like, I don't know, that the Cole-Gargano match was really good, but you want to talk about gimmicks that I hate? Two out of three falls. All right, so the first two don't matter. You're giving me a ho- the third fall was awesome. Was it the best match in WWE history. Eh. You want to know gimmicks that I hate? Dave Meltzer's rating system. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Um, are the boys aware of match ratings? Like, have you ever heard a wrestler say like, "Yo, I got five. What'd you get?" I think like something like that. God, I hope not. I think <laughs> Just... if if one of the boys ever said that to another <laughs> one of the boys, uh, one you better hope somebody. That that's on the corporate side doesn't hear because you're probably going to get fired right For away. Reading the observer. And two, they should probably take a long walk off a short cliff because <laughs> that is absolutely ridiculous. Um, none of the boys or girls care that Dave Meltzer rates their matches. I don't even know if they know he exists. He is literally a non-entity, a non-factor, non-existent in the world of WWE. That's good to know. Glad to hear that. What are your favorite matches of all time? Just give me the one that you just forever is Brett your favorite. Brett WrestleMania 10. That's that's a good one. Any Rock Austin match, just for the fact I love watching Rock sell the stunner. Okay. And his weird little headstand flip. It was just classic WWE to me. There's not one specific one, but it was just classic WWE to me. Friend of the show, Mike K. Why do wins not matter anymore? Did they ever? I think there was a. Well, let's dissect that. And I say, do they ever? Because, you know, to your point earlier, you're suspending your disbelief in the characters and the storyline that's in front of you. You know, you don't necessarily have to win or lose in order to be like, does, does, does a winner, does a winner or a loss decide whether you enjoyed the story or not? It doesn't. But not they're like, we talked about, I think when, I think it's overrated that wins don't matter. Like we talked about the the main main event if that show doesn't end with Becky holding up two belts 
the show was the whole story was a failure, and I think it does get into but that's, the story matters more. That's a but that's a ma- that's a major circumstance. Like yeah. that's the ending of that story. Correct. Yeah. That's the cap to that's, that story. You have to for the ending to matter. The story has to matter, and that's right. what matters. But not more for to nothing. Me. If Becky Lynch went under to any one of these girls on the roster, whether it's Dana Brooke, a girl, well, maybe not a girl in NXT, but like if whether it's Dana Brooke or Charlotte on any of these SmackDown or Raw televisions leading up to WrestleMania, you wouldn't have had any other different view of Becky Lynch other than she was going to win the title at WrestleMania. It, it wouldn't have hurt or helped her. And this is the this is where what you know to our point not too long ago, this is where WWE has gone in recent years to the point where these people were interchangeable. You know, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. Can they can they get hurt by a loss? Yes, but in that circumstance at WrestleMania, Becky would have gotten hurt by a loss. I don't see whether they're going to lose on house shows or on live television. It's all about it's all about the writing and all about the story and how strong that is and it, and in a lot of cases that's really not in the hands of the talent. Well, to both of you then, because when I read AEW was coming in earlier, I read this whole interview with Cody that says wins and losses will matter. Should they? Okay. Should and they keep a that's tally him. of Cody is now twenty seven and sixteen? Like that's should his, that matter? That's his perspective, and if that is the draw to bring people in and make this more of a legitimate thing, uh, sure. Um, I'll, I'll give it a whirl. And as an alternative, like I always think, okay, how can because if you're just WWE light, I'm gonna just watch WWE. Right. So like as an alternative, as a different way to present the product, I'd always be interested in something like that. But so now you, you would agree that let, let's say you and I wrestled. I'm one and zero. You're zero one. Yeah. And then the records matter now. Like I'm in a title prediction because records, my record is I think, ten two. But like, now that he told us that, I'm less interested. Okay. Like he should have let that happen organically. All right. Like if wins and losses are if wins and losses are going to matter, great. That's awesome. You know, at the end of the day, the basic story of professional wrestling is you're trying to win, trying not to lose. And if Cody Rhodes is going to take AEW and have wins and losses now matter, that's fine. But don't come out and tell me. Let the story dictate that. Okay. Let the circumstances and the baby faces and the heels dictate that. Let let me figure that out and let it grow on its own, and I'll be the one. To, I'll be the one to decide if it's important Wait, or not. Me, me as the, me, not me as Kevin. Me yeah. as the fan. Can yeah. you imagine going to their website and seeing just like a standing? It's like we would go, oh, what's the the Jaguar standing? And we go to the NFL.com yeah. and we see it, and it's real, Cody Rhodes is this, and Omega is that. And like I don't know that I would even understand. That's when I'll, I would look at that. I'll present two different guys to show both sides of it. First, you have Kurt Hawkins who uses losing as a gimmick, and then when he finally wins, now you have a story. Boom! Exactly. You also have a Bray Wyatt with a strong character that was over, but eventually lost enough that it was just like, "All right, man, your promo's good, but why am I listening?" I don't know that that it was the losses that did it to him. Where where was the storyline to back him? He, he, the cre- I think if the, he wins a feud or two, the story builds. Yeah, but uh, the creative writing for him has to has to be the one to dictate that. I mean, once they put him under the John Cena at WrestleMania, he was kind of dead in the water. But this was WrestleMania, so where does where does it go from there? Now you have to rebuild him. They did nothing to support him all the way up until that point. Fair. At Save It Nerds asks, would consolidating titles force WWE to book feuds in a more interesting manner? I think it would definitely force WWE to consolidate their roster, which is somewhat desperately needed after the superstar shakeup. That's uh, speaking of. Now that we're talking about titles, as of right now, if you've read ahead, it looks like Samoa Joe's heading to Raw. Yeah, I like that. I, I honestly, I'm a huge Joe fan. Always I happen. freaking love Joe. Yep. 
I had to look up who the U.S. champ was when I saw Finn Balor showed up on SmackDown. One hundred percent. I was like, thing. wait, who? Wait, I know the U.S. title. Oh, right, 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 and right. Again, yeah, what's Joe. that go to show you that the creative writing for yep. Samoa Joe does not back up, or or at least put out to the masses that he is the, the WWE United States Champion? You have two wrestling fans here who watch the product who had no idea. Who the WWE United States Champion? I felt was. like an imbecile. I was like, "Wait, oh, it's one of my favorite guys on the roster, is yeah. the U.S. Champ." And I totally, totally I'm sure we did the exact same time. The second <laughs> yeah. Finn Balor came out, and it was announced that he yeah. was there, not just a spontaneous pop in. I literally was like, "And we had talked that? about it that morning. Yeah. We both said Finn Balor's going to. He's definitely going to SmackDown." And by the way, if you listen to us, we're like five for five on those predictions, even though they weren't solid predictions. But that's fine. Yeah, I literally googled on my phone U.S. Champion WWE. It was like, who? Oh, okay. Now I get it. Kev, we both listened to the Bruce Pritchard con- uh, podcast, so we know about the box of gimmicks. Mm-hmm. Is there a, a box of names that is like full of everything that Vince chops off? Man, like, I Is Mustafa in, a, in the bottom of a box now? Uh, Are the War Raiders in the bottom of a box now that we have the Viking experience? Vince has no idea what the War Raiders are. <laughs> like, none. You saw, we were talking about that on Twitter. I was Man. like, I guarantee you he never saw War Machine. Yeah, I I don't know. It's, you know. What's up with that? Is you just don't want to talk about War? Is that what it is? It's the man's company. Uh, maybe. I'm not sure. I do. At I, least get that. I really I have, that, that day. I have like no rhyme or reason as to why that happens. And Bill from Crescent Hollow, building off the name thing. Kev, were you around when they stopped referring to referees by name? I was. Was that right a or, thing? What yeah, happened? Like, I, what? Why? Is, is that a response to Earl Hebner? Like, we have a referee who's over, and then we had to fire him? No. So, I like, mean, why did they do it? Just one of those Vince Ke- things? Kyoto was still referred to a little bit. Scott Armstrong was still referred to a little bit. It was just one of those weird, quirky Vince things. Nothing, you know, no harm, no foul. As much as he wants his referees to have authority, he doesn't want them to have a name. I, I don't know. I, I, that makes sense. Just thought, I uh, wondered. Uh, LeBron, LeBron of Blackwater. Okay. LeBron? Yeah. <laughs> but this, not from Akron? Just kind of the greatest <laughs> of all time, It's LeBron too? of Blackwater, not <laughs> Akron. Right. Uh, how much input do writers really have, given how megalomaniacal Vince is rumored wow. to be? What a <laughs> word. A word for us here. I, I had yeah. to sound that one out. <laughs> yeah. I'm, man, what? I don't even know if I could do it. Melo- how, say it again? Megalomaniacal. Sure. Yeah. Um, look, I mean, they have input. There's writing teams for a reason. But at the same time, if, will do what he wants. if you're on that writing team, you understand that- You're Vince's employee. Yeah, Vince is going to do what he wants, when he wants. And if you work on that team, you're going to follow the boss or you're not going to work on that team. I mean, it's, it's a very simple thing. And more so than the writers, we started to get into like the actual talent. Last week, we kind of I asked you, is it a leave work at work situation or at three a.m. at Waffle House? Are you booking the territory? Nah, you're and always thinking. You said everyone's always everyone's thinking. Always so thinking. I want to know what's the number one complaint. Like, do boys want more ring time? Do they wish they could improv more? No, they don't want more ring time. They want more TV time. Okay. They want everybody wants more TV time. You're always going to want more. Um, like, what does the booking session in the car ride sound like when you guys are shooting it? And, w- like, what are you saying? What's it sound a like? A lot of what ifs. A lot of maybe we do this. What if I did that? You know, what if I talk to, you know, my writer tomorrow and pitch this and, you know, we can go here off of that? You know, there's just a lot of a lot of things just tossed out there, thrown up in the air. Obviously, nothing's concrete. You yeah, know, you're, yeah. not, you're not in a writing session. You're not speaking to the boss. You're in the car with a couple of the guys and just, you know, throwing something out there and seeing what sticks to the wall. It's a a lot of, a lot of what ifs. Davy Tornado. 
Kev, I'm not sure of the timeline, but I've heard you talk about OVW. Were you there with Jim Cornette at any point? I was not. Oh, I, I was. Knew. I was dying for a Cornette story. I was not. In fact, uh, let me think. I only saw him ever in OVW one time. Uh, he got fired, and then, which I believe he got. Yeah, he got fired for smacking Santino Marella. Uh, legit open hand palm smacking him, and then <laughs> I believe he got fought. Yeah, and if and if and if and if you know Santino, you know Santino is a, a legit killer. Yeah, and, and no, it's funny like the way Santino's presented, and he could he. It's like Jerry he, Briscoe's he stooge, but he could at seventy beat the shit out of everybody. Santino could have literally ended Jim Cornette's life where his two feet stood. Um, but he was on the verge of getting hired, so he knows if he kills this man, he's, yeah, probably, he's probably not going to get hired, let alone see his, ki- ever, his kid ever again. Cornette should have brought the loaded racket into this, Oh, I think. man. Uh, <laughs> but no, I only ever, I ever saw him in the building one time. I believe he sold off his shares of OVW to Danny Davis. I could be wrong on that, but I believe that's how that, uh, how that story went. And uh, yeah, he went off being Jim Cornette elsewhere. At Chris Kringle, 1977. Are the crazy antics of wrestlers in the 80s why their schedule is not as crazy busy today? No. I don't know if it's not as crazy busy today. I mean, they split the shows, but I mean, you part of that me, is you just... You tell me it's not busy. I used to leave Yeah, I used to leave Tampa if I was doing SmackDown. I would leave Tampa on a Friday morning and fly to wherever we were doing a house show and then get there, do the show, and either drive or stay over in, to get to the next town, you know, rinse, wash, repeat, all the way up until Tuesday and do TV and then get home Wednesday and I had the rest of Wednesday and all of Thursday and then I was back out Friday again. Like it's, I wouldn't call that schedule not crazy by any means. It's quite crazy. Yeah, it's insane I, I, schedule. I know they've split the TV to try to take the burden off the guys a little, but it's still, I feel like a lot of people are working both still. Uh, but I just want to know, like what's the road scene like? Like break it down a little more for me. I, you just gave me your schedule. But like who are you, tra- like how do you split up your car traveling? What are you doing on your off days? Well, if I'm on my off days, I'm home. I, there's never an off day that's on the road. Like, okay. Very few and far between is there a house show and then a day off. You know, you might get is that. Is it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you TV, might, Monday, Tuesday? Is yeah, that what it is? You might, yeah, you might, get that, you might get that day off if you're on SmackDown and you have a pay-per-view on Sunday. And, you know, obviously Raw is Monday. But mm-hmm. even, even then, sometimes there was a Monday night house show. Uh, I usually stuck to the referees I, you know, because that's who I... That, that's who I'd spend most of my time in the building with. That's, you know, when I'd land, that's who we'd meet up with. Um, yeah, you just spend most of my time traveling with the referees. I'd really have to sit there and think outside of the uh, the time we got pulled over in West Virginia. <laughs> uh, me, Sam, and Justin Credible, and John Cohn that I really traveled with talent. Unless they were like my friends from OVW. Like I traveled with Simon <laughs> Dean and Johnny Jeter for a weekend. Uh, but I'd really have, to, really have to stretch my brain to figure out uh, – who else's car I was in. And of course that getting pulled over with uh, Sandman Incredible, that is, you're the car that got, you're that car that got pulled over in the story that wasn't RVD and Sabu, right? Correct. Oh, that's such a, because I like, it's hilarious to me because I remember reading it. Like, this is my, that's my dirt sheet time period. That's smart Bill and you're the one in that other car. That's hilarious to me. I don't think, I wasn't, John Cone was driving, I believe. I think, yeah. John Cohn was driving, if I remember correctly. PJ was in the front seat, and me and Hack were in the back. 
And we got, yeah, I mean, it's about all I remember of it. It was 2006. And you weren't smoking a bowl, so you got nope, away. Nobody was. We were all we were all being very <laughs> good boys. Move, yeah, we were all being yeah, very smart, good boys. Smart. Uh, just the, Chris's question. He's he asks about this documentary documentary 350 days. Have you heard anything? about I've heard this? of it. Um, I know Bret Hart was involved. Okay. I know Greg Valentine was involved. I know a bunch of the guys that were involved. Um, I've heard of it. Don't really know a whole lot about it, but yeah, I'm open to watching it. I definitely Absolutely. would. If, if Yeah, we'll definitely watch it if it's worth talking about. Absolutely. But speaking of wrestling docs, this is from me now. Has Have either of you been watching this Dark Side of the Ring series on Viceland? No. Don't even I know about it. I banged out three of them last night. There have been three. It's uh, the Macho and Liz story, okay. the Montreal Screwjob, and the killing of Bruiser Brody. Ooh, and they're all, especially the first two. Like, the Montreal Screwjob, I know that story... Better than I know my own life story at this point. I've heard so much about it and still captivating. Like, I was sitting there watching it entertained the whole way, and you can't tell me anything new about it at this point. I'm sure people who aren't as familiar found, like, oh my God, that's crazy. But we were just talking uh, a little off the air about the screw job. Is it a work? Yeah, it's a work. It's It's the greatest, it is the greatest work of professional wrestling of all time. All four, in my, in, in my opinion. And the evidence is there to support it. All four of them were in on it. All four of them knew where they were going. And when we say the four, Sean, Sean Hunter, Brett, and, and Vince. Vince. They've, they've all in recent years come out and said they were in on it with the exception of Brett. And that's fine. And, that, and, and that's by design. You know, you watch this wrestling with shadows and <laughs> there's this documentary of Brett's life. And the ending of the documentary just happens to be... The Montreal Screwjob. Let's say the Montreal Screwjob didn't happen. What was the ending of that documentary? Yeah, he just goes to WCW. He just goes to WCW. Like that's yeah. that's not anything. Yeah, I'm picturing. Remember the uh, remember the picture of Charlie Manuel getting fired by the that's Phillies with his bag. And he's walking with his away bag with, Wawa. with the Wawa bag. Like, is that is that Brett? Is that how that ends? And then you got to think about this. Think about this from, you know, exp- expand your mind a little bit further. Shawn Michaels out of or out of the out of the Montreal Screwjob. Shawn Michaels became champion. Brett got to go to WCW and he's not. The, they dropped the ball, but get, he's the hottest thing in wrestling the, at that point. But uh, you that not one has nothing to do with the other. Brett gets yeah. to go to WCW and get the extra million or two million a year or whatever he was getting paid. And now you have the creation of uh, Mr. McMahon. Everybody came out of that thing smelling like roses and exactly the way they probably should have went. It all worked out in everyone's favor. Not one person suffered a single setback. And if if you and it's in wrestling with shadows that last meeting that Brett's wired for that supposedly you know it's oh he went in wired and Vince didn't know whatever but that last meeting where they're talking it out and actually come to an agreement and it's a lie you know oh it's going to end in a schmaz which it doesn't um, they say you know after your contract ends in WCW. We'll talk, man. Like, this isn't over. And I always f- thought that Brett has worked himself into a shoot over this. Whether it was true or not, he took it way too personally either way. Um, if he doesn't, you know, get hurt by Bill Goldberg and essentially end his career, he gets to come back and be in the most anticipated angle in wrestling history. Absolutely. But since he suffers the stroke and never has that opportunity... You know, we don't ever get to see that it's a work. I mean, eventually he comes back and works that mania match with McMahon, but they're both senior citizens at that point. Have you ever met Earl Hebner, Kevin? Oh, yeah. I love, he, I love Earl. How's Earl? Earl's great. Earl's a wild man. Because um, he's still, like, broken that. up about this. Because I'll tell you, someone who wasn't in on it was Earl until they told him when he was going out. Whether it's a work or not, 
Earl wasn't in on yeah, it. I he know. was crying in this documentary I watched last night. I know Earl. Uh, I know pretty well uh, Earl pretty well. His son Brian. I'm I'm pretty good friends with Brian. Uh, when I first came into the company, Brian was kind of told by talent relations keep an uh, keep an eye out for me and stuff like that. So yeah, know those guys pretty well. Awesome, awesome people. Let's say the screw jobs a shoot. Mm-hmm. They tell you as you're going out, mm-hmm. Kev. Vince is going to tell you to ring the bell. What do you do? I'm ringing that bell. Thank Absolutely, you, you better Thank be ringing you. that bell. Yeah, I mean. Like we, you know, like we said earlier, Brett don't sign your checks. <laughs> Brett doesn't sign my checks. I'm sure Brett didn't pay for Earl's house that he got yeah. uh, uh, that he got bonus for for doing that. Yeah. At Boon Boon asks Boon 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 Boon. Uh, Kev, what is the worst in- injury you ever saw somebody work through? Hmm. It's interesting. I have to really go back and think here because there's, I mean, there's obviously a lot of concussions, a lot of. A lot, yeah, of like bump, suffered a, lot in of, the ring. a lot of bumps and bruises. Yeah. I never, I don't know that I have really had a major injury in the ring. Not me, but like work yeah, through yeah, one yeah. with somebody. That'd be pretty lucky though. Yeah, I'm really racking my brain. If I could come back to me on that, if, right. I'll, I'll have to try to think. But I, his second question think, was, do you speak Carney? I used to be able to. Now that I, <laughs> now that I'm at, now that I'm at, now that I'm out of the mix a whole lot, and it's not even a thing that anybody really does anymore. But I used to be able to. Is it? No one does it anymore, it's right? Every, you add a Z to every third, yeah. zil, every third syllable. Pizzle, a Rizound, the Kizar. Is yeah. that it? Pull around the car. Yeah. yeah. All right. Easy answer. The fee zone. Yeah. Answer the phone. <laughs> Barchard. Oh, this hi, is, John. Yeah, this is from John, right? Yeah, oh. John Barchard asks, "Who no. is the strangest person you ever met in the business?" Because oh. obviously, the answer is Big Daddy Graham. But, <laughs> <laughs> but in the business, who's the strangest person you ever met? Ah, oh, hands down, without even having to think too hard about this, is Teddy Hart. Teddy Hart is. You guys ever meet Teddy Hart? Teddy Hart is out there, man. Great dude, awesome dude, but his fashion sense is a little questionable. Um he carries around a cat named Mr. Money who is a real live cat <laughs> and he says it's a wrestling cat and the cat will sit it's a working cat the cat will sit yeah it's a working cat the cat will sit on the post during his matches what and like what? he'll like Teddy will have a cigarette and he'll blow the smoke in Mr. Money's face and uh, the cat just sits there and takes like I, I think the cat's high <laughs> like I'm not like I'm not I'm not even kidding uh, Teddy's a good dude but man is he an oddball uh, that's awesome uh, He'll, he he's never wearing something that's not custom made, and I mean that by like he'll go to the store and find like silk and like have them make these weird outfits, and it always has something heart on it. Always, um, I'll put. I should have a picture. I believe I have a picture. Maybe we'll put it up on the uh, on the Twitter account at Smart Stripes of myself and Mister Money. I took a selfie a couple years ago. And Bill from Crescent Hollow follows up. Give me one crazy rib story, just like one over the top hilarious thing. There, like, did, was, there wasn't many of them, man, because those days were kind of over by the time I got there. This is a publicly traded company. So you've never it's pooped a, in someone's bag? No, no. <laughs> Stuff like that was uh, was very Attitude Era-ish, uh, was you know very kind of looked down upon by the current regime uh, in the company at the time. If I can think of some OVW ones, I might, I might be able to tell a story or two, but I have to really go back and think. Uh, but nothing while I was on the okay. roster because that wasn't that wasn't the environment at the time. Disappointing. It is. It is. Uh, you have a bag sitting over there. Maybe we could <laughs> reenact this. And this is just a fun fantasy booking question to close the mailbag from good old JF. If you ever had free reign over creative, who would be your franchise player? Kenny Omega. Okay, I like that one. I would like. Uh, I would love. I just want to see him have one match in W. I don't. You I will. just. 
Kenny, just one. Kenny will finish his career there. Okay. No doubt about it. It's I remember in Daniel Bryan's book he said WWE and I think this was a conversation he had with uh, William Regal when he's like in 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 Europe or something on a tour and William Regal's there and Regal tells him WWE is what you do after your wrestling career is over because you're not a wrestler you are a WWE superstar now it is different right no he's right. Um, wrestling doesn't matter in the WWE. It's it, it is a performance. If Vince could get away with putting on a television product without the ring, he would do it. <laughs> you know, it's it's more about story and character and emotion and drama. It's not about suplexes and uh, punches and wrist locks and all the other stuff. Turtle, who would be your franchise guy? Anyone out there in wrestling? I'm gonna keep it in WWE. Do it. I, I love the Miz. I, I think he's insanely talented and unbelievable on the mic. I, I would hitch my wagon to him any day of the week. That match with Shane was unbelievable. I, I love The Miz. I don't know if I'd have Miz as my top guy, but I would have Miz on any roster I ever put together. Um, if I have an off-the-wall one. It's in WWE, but, man, I just picture Cesaro in, like, the Triple H evolution, like, that kind of heel. Okay. I would. He would be like 007 uh, slash Ric Flair to me. Like uh, the classy dude who could speak 10 languages, uh, lift anyone over his head. Like I think Cesaro absolutely probably needs a mouthpiece, but I think like he would be my guy there. All right, so we, do we want to get into a little superstar shakeup here? So Raw versus SmackDown, who do you think won? Hmm. Raw, by far. I, I, I looked over the SmackDown transfers, whatever, trades, whatever you want to call them. Eh. I think just with the addition of AJ and Miz over to Raw, I yeah. think that I think that solidifies their win. Yeah, because you're just looking at the top, and over to SmackDown on Tuesday, we get Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, Bailey, Elias. Those are four pretty decent performers, but, but I just think... Three of those four are unbelievably boring. Yeah. They're not entertaining anymore. I think bringing in AJ, I mean, talk about franchise players, that's what he is. And, um, yeah, I, I think I would probably lean Raw here. But I think they're both still good shows. Oh, absolutely. I like, think SmackDown, uh, this is a question I don't even think we got to, but, oh, yeah, Malibu Mike asked, what do you think about the rumors of the three-hour SmackDown? Please, no. Because, uh, and again, this is, you know... I. I bring up Meltzer a lot because he's in the business, but I do own like an FDM shirt. Like, but he reported it that financial experts expect SmackDown to go to three hours once it moves over to Fox, perhaps a third hour, like moving over to FS1 or something like that. Just because they say they offset the costs now. Raw is three hours because yes, ratings are down, but by adding a third hour, we bring in the same ad money. I mean that's fair. I mean that's it's fair enough. It is, but though. but it's a lot as yeah, it's a lot as it is, and it, it's too much. Um, I think Raw's too much. I can understand not. What wanting- I enjoy about SmackDown is it's condensed, and they have to tell stories in a more condensed matter manner because it's two hours. You mean a third episode of Moment of Bliss doesn't thrill you sometimes? Oh my god! And I love Alexa. I want so Alexa on I. the screen as much as possible, but, yeah. but she's I don't need. Again, yeah, I don't need a. I don't need a. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, so Raw, uh, just let's talk about Roman. Pretty good debut, right? Like yeah. that's Vince yeah. brings him out. You get to swerve with Elias. I thought it was fine. Automatically, make, he automatically makes him a big deal. Finn Balor, it, it what are we more, doing here? It did more for Elias than it did for oh, Roman Reigns. Yeah. Roman, Roman doesn't need Roman Reigns doesn't need anything ever again. But to be out there with Vince McMahon, it's Drew McIntyre all over again, yeah. 2008 with Elias. He's now the chosen one. He's the anointed one. Hopefully, they give Elias the the time to evolve and the time to really develop and to become in to come into being that star that they want him to be that they didn't give to Drew McIntyre in two thousand eight. So I or guess we'll, just, I we'll get say. to Bailey now because it leads to the Sasha stuff, and I know you are dying to talk about the Sasha stuff. It's so just they dropped the women's tag titles at Mania, and reportedly that does not sit well with one Sasha Banks. Well, both of them, yeah. Why? Well, Bailey isn't taking time off, and she is now like she's in the ring on SmackDown challenging Becky, while Sasha is nowhere to be found, not answering Bailey's calls. Yeah, Sa- Sasha, according to Instagram, is on vacation in the islands. Like, but it's not an impregnation vacation, right? Oh, no, but good for that dude. Oh my god! <laughs> Seriously, um, look, <laughs> I hate to tell you guys this. I understand wrestling's not real, right? <laughs> Does she? You understand that, right? Like It's real to me, damn it! So we get a report that Sasha Banks is upset with dropping the women's titles, tag team titles, at WrestleMania. A title she didn't really win, right? Like, you know, like wins and losses aren't a real thing. Like, Bill, I don't really hit you with a tombstone and pin you for real, right? <laughs> this is on the uh, Viceland series. Bruce Pritchard's actually in it and talking about the screw job. He's like... Bret Hart didn't beat anybody for the title. No like, kidding. He's not actually the champion. <laughs> the script was written for him to win it, and everyone who's ever win, won the title Lost wins the title. it to lose it. <laughs> so, like, the, yeah, the only reason anybody ever won anything is because you allowed somebody to lay on top of you for three seconds so you can get a, a piece of leather and a gold piece of metal on top of that. And you, you didn't really win anything. So why are you, what are you, what are you worried about? Losing something for like, and then you're going to go cry to the company that you want your release. You're going to so let me let me understand this. You're going to leave a very high paying six figure job because you're happy with you're you're not happy with dropping a fake wrestling title. Like this isn't the 1980s anymore, early yeah. 90s, where you can dictate that I'm going to drop this belt or I'm not. Like if Ric Flair didn't want to drop the NWA title back in the late 80s, he wasn't dropping the NWA yeah, he would title. Just bring it over to it, WWF and wear it on TV. It, you know what I mean? Like it, this isn't a thing. So in my opinion, she killed her gimmick because a legit boss doesn't cry and go request a release and leave all of her fans because she wants to uh, you know, sulk and uh, you know, not want to lose her fake wrestling title. She killed her gimmick. A real boss would go back and get back to where she was. Like, she always struck me a little bit as somebody, and I don't know her personally, but just based off of tweets I've seen and things that I've seen on the network and those cool behind-the-scenes videos and stuff like that, she always struck me as somebody who felt like this was owed to her mm-hmm. or that she deserved a little bit more. Like, nobody cares that your cousin Snoop Dogg. Nobody cares ah, that you cool. feel... It's, it's not, though. <laughs> know, when you wheel it out 17 times, yeah, how cool is yeah. it? You it was know, cool at WrestleMania. Then, it, was, it, was, it was cool then, but, how, you know, yeah. it, it is what it is at this point. Like, just do your job. The cash, the, the checks get cashed, right? Yeah. You're going to get paid a very nice sum for WrestleMania. Go go, go talk to your writer and, and do something cool, you know, creative and hope that it gets through. 
but don't sit there and go and quit your 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 very high paying job that's probably going to pay for your house uh, because you can't because you don't want to drop a wrestling title. That's not a real title. Like do, if you think the power. Uh, your star power is so good without the power of the WWE television, go ahead and try it. Because you know what? At some point in time, Cody Rhodes is going to have to start telling people no. And everyone thinks that everyone thinks about the uh, they, they can just leave. The, Sasha Banks probably had in her head that she can leave WWE. Luke Harper has in his head that he can just leave WWE. The other Sanity guy can just think that he can leave the WWE. Yeah, Alexander Wolf sure, also left. And go, yeah. and go right over to AEW. Guys, that's not, that's not a thing. That's, that, that's not real life. And that's what happens when you live your real life and your work life in a bubble. And, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Sasha Banks. If I was them, I'd let, I, I would just let them let her go because, like we've talked about before, they've positioned themselves to where they can just interject somebody else right into her spot. There's a girl on NXT who's willing to come up and take Sasha's spot, and there's a girl on the Indies who's ready, willing to fill that spot in NXT. It's just one revolving door, and if Sasha doesn't like it, she can go somewhere else. Go get a real job. That's if it's a shoot, I feel the way you feel. I hope it's... However, I just think that they are... I've seen so much of this now. Like, with Dean, and they're blurring the lines with that. Like, I think Dean is leaving. But, like, I just think when this stuff comes out, it's because someone wants it to come out. And I think it's but just... But this makes her look so bad. I think really she's coming back as a heel. That's that the... If, her if, and Bailey were laying on the floor of their hotel rooms outside the damn thing, whining and crying But like if she comes children? back as a heel... Like, just turn her heel. It's very easy. Why would you put out something that, A, makes her look less of a role model to the fans that they built her up so hard to make her look like? You know, just turn her heel. Don't go, th- don't go through all the, other ch- uh, all the other stuff. I legit picture her laying on the ground. So do I. Stomping her hands and feet saying, I want my title back. I just think. And that's insanity. I just think when this stuff comes out, it's to screw with people like us. That's it. I mean, I, probably, but. So maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. I just. Uh, it, again, if it's a shoot, I feel the way you do. It's absolutely freaking ridiculous. And I think if it's not a shoot, WWE needs to seriously evaluate how they write their storylines and how they do business because you got to remember, the majority of the wrestling fan doesn't really read the internet. The hardcore wrestling fan does. And that's and that's not going to resonate with, and the majority, with the majority of the wrestling and fans. And in my mind, because I'm always planning ahead, like what will make this work? It, we read it and we see it that way. The majority of the audience will see, say Bailey gets this shot at Becky, let's call it Money in the Bank. She's about to win. Sasha comes out, interferes. Boom. Instant. I We disagreed about this. I badly want to get to Sasha Bailey. I don't care what happens after that. I don't care about I that at all. I badly want to get to so Sasha Bailey. That. I could care less. They've teased it so much, I just need it to happen on the main roster. What do you expect to happen? A they're, great match. Yeah, they're not going to allow I that. I just want to see a great match. They're not going to allow that because it's, it's, it's Vince's world now. It's not NXT where you could have the free-for-all. I've seen Sasha and Charlotte have multiple great matches. Yeah, who who was the other half of that match? Charlotte. I, I so you just don't think they're going to put anyone else in a spot no. where they get 25 minutes. No. No? Not right now. All right. How are you liking babyface Kevin Owens? Love it. I didn't know if I was going to like it. it. I love it, like dickish heel KO from NXT like love that guy too. The, his NXT debut through his main roster debut is like some of my favorite wrestling ever and him as a heel I love it. Man, is he fun as a babyface. I did not think I was going to like him this much. Show more personality, and that's what exactly you're allowing him to do here. The the pancake speed eating, the the hugs, the hip swerving, all of that. All in on babyface Kevin Owens. Yeah, this was this was a lot of fun. I like this. This goes back to William Regal's point of when your wrestling career ends, you go to WWE. Kevin, yep. In Kevin Owens' mind, he was a serious wrestler. 
Now what is he kill doing? Steen, kill Steen, kill. Oh, my God. The first time I saw... But now what is he doing? Yeah, he's dancing with the New Day. He's making money. <laughs> yeah, he's making money. Correct. True. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's really funny to think about when you've seen these, like, so many of these guys. I saw Kevin Steen live at the first time uh, at the National Guard Armory for the ROH 12th anniversary show. And he's in like an unsanctioned match doing pile drivers out to the outside through tables and stuff. It sounds real safe. And oh yeah, no, it was people the chant was please don't die as they're setting it up. Like and then here we are now. Yeah, you have to do way less. And I'm gonna guess you are making quite a bit more than you were at that ROH anniversary I show. So. I would assume so as no well. No beer at the National Guard Armory. That was a miss. A bit disappointing. I was really disappointed when I got there. I was really mm. bummed by that. To watch Ring of Honor, gonna... you need to have beer. Yeah, it's it's wrestling. Uh, Daniel Bryan injury be, being kept tight-lipped and closely guarded, according to several sources, including PW Insider. I'm so nervous about this, dude. I don't think, I mean. Every time he hits his head, I, I like cringe. He and I love Daniel Bryan as a wrestler. I loved him as a performer. I loved him. I love his new heel character too. Oh, it's so good. Just, just, just go away. Go with your wife. Have your families and just be healthy. It's slowly getting. It's not worth it. It's slowly him. getting to a point, and it might even be at that point where we were with Mick Foley way back in the day. Yo, go where away. it's like, yeah, stop. Like, dude, you're you're a really good guy. You know, we know that we, we know that. We had him on with Mike and Ike here. He was the best guy I've ever talked to on the it, phone. Like we know you're, we know you're a good guy. We know you have a family and stuff like that. Like, dude, just call it a day. Like, we don't want to see you do this to yourself anymore. Like, I remember fans starting to feel sorry for Mick when he, you know, after that hell in the cell. Like, what do you need to do this for? Same thing with same thing with Daniel Bryan. You know, if you watch Total Divas or you see any of the videos on the network or on their Facebook or whatever, you just know he's a good guy with a family and that type of thing. You, you kind of. Kind of don't want to see this for him anymore. And like, listen, if this is a torn ACL, like that's the thing is, I'm hoping this is like a broken leg or something, like, and that's fucked up to say. But I probably have to edit that out. But mm. that's messed up to say. But like, I I really just don't want this to be his head again, man. Uh, his character's so good. On the, on the uh, Alexa Bliss bump. The other yeah, time. yeah. She took that that German into the turnbuckle, and it was like, do you really? You know, you got the neck and the head. Like, maybe you don't need to take that bump. People gotta and, learn when to say no, man. Like, don't be afraid. Your health isn't worth anything. It's not. It's not. It's not worth your health to risk. You know, going out there and killing the rest of your career. And that's. I was actually happy when Daniel Bryan re-signed with WWE because I was like, okay, he can work a style here where they protect him a little bit more than if he goes to Japan and it's just like, yeah, knee to the head. That's a spot in every match, and it's. Uh, uh, but you knew. A guy with post-concussion syndrome, probably it doesn't go away as much as he wanted to tell you, no, my brain is actually better than most. Like, yeah, is it, though? Probably not. All right, guys, I think that's it. I really had a good time with the mailbag. We're definitely going to do more of those. So uh, if you have questions for Kevin or any of us, just want to hear us talk about stuff you like, send them our way. We'll get to them eventually. We'll probably get to maybe a few listener questions every episode, I think. That would be a good way to just throw in a couple at the end. Uh, For Smarks and Stripes, my name's Bill. For Turtle and Kevin... Have a great week, everybody.